0: Good day and welcome to the ShareCare second quarter 2023 earnings call and webcast. All participants are in listen-only mode. After today's presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To ask a question, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. To withdraw your question, please press star then two. Today's call is being recorded and will be available on the company's website. On today's call, we have Mr. Jeff Arnold, Chairman and CEO, and Mr. Justin Ferrero, President and Chief Financial Officer, as well as Mr. Jeffrey Mohammed, Chief Operating Officer, who will join for the question and answer session. Before we begin, we would like to remind you that certain statements made during this call will be forward-looking statements within the meaning of the Safe Harbor Provisions of the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995 which includes statements regarding strategic initiatives, specific cost savings, new cap- capabilities, pipelines, and our guidance. These forward-looking statements are subject to various risks and uncertainties and reflect our current expectations based on our beliefs, assumptions, and information currently available to us. Although we believe these expectations are reasonable, we undertake no obligation to revise any statement in- to reflect changes that will occur after this call of some of the factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from these forward-looking statements are discussed in more detail in our filings with the SEC, including the risk factors section of our Form 10-K for the year ended December 31, 2022. In addition, please note that the company will be discussing certain non-GAAP financial measures that we believe are important in evaluating performance. Details on the relationship between these non-GAAP measures to the most bearable gap measures and reconciliation of historical non-gap financial measures can be found in the press release that is posted on the company's website. I would now like to hand hand the conference call over to Mr. Jeff Arnold. Jeff, please go ahead.
1: Good morning, and thank you for joining us today as we discuss ShareCARE's Q2 2023 results. First, I want to briefly discuss the conclusion of our strategic review, which we announced on May 31st. The board came to the unanimous decision that our three business channels, enterprise, provider, and life sciences, complement one another with a depth and breadth of capabilities that together create a unique platform-driven ecosystem built for scale. The strategic alignment of these businesses allows us to seize new growth opportunities and serve our expanding customer base and their needs more effectively, which I will highlight during today's comments. We continue to make significant progress this quarter. Coming in at the high end of revenue guidance and exceeding the high end of our adjusted EBITDA guidance, with a revenue of 110.4 million and adjusted EBITDA of 3.8 million. Our strong financial results and expansion of our adjusted EBITDA margins this quarter have us on track to reach our goal of cash flow break-even by year's end. We also continue to make progress with Carillon to integrate our respective complementary capabilities to bring efficiency flexibility, and efficacy to our tech-enabled advocacy solution to scale to current and new health plan customers. The robustness of our high-tech, high-touch platform that delivers comprehensive care solutions was instrumental in our performance in the quarter, yielding 7% revenue growth for the enterprise channel compared to Q2 2022 and marking continued progress toward our full-year target of 12.9 million eligible lives across large employers, health systems, payers, TPAs, and government customers. Our integrated approach to care has proven successful in enhancing user experiences, reducing costs, and measurably improving clinical outcomes across populations, whether people simply require routine preventative care or are managing high risk and chronic conditions. In fact, in a third-party evaluation of the effectiveness of ShareCare's disease management program for one of our leading health plan clients, we decreased annual costs for engaged members by 8%, primarily by lowering inpatient admission cost. We're also driving associated cost savings as measured by our value-on-investment approach by helping members reduce their risk across more than 40 lifestyle, biometric, and prevention measures. As an example, based on research conducted with the UNC Center for the Business of Health we know that increasing movement among people who largely spend their day sitting carries with it a cost savings of approximately $475 per member per year, as it reduces the risk of associated conditions that can show up later in claims cost. While we significantly impact risk reduction associated with sedentary lifestyle across our entire book of business through our digital platform, digital therapeutics, and lifestyle management coaching programs, we also continue to explore innovative, And accessible ways to help employers encourage exercise among their workforces. A recent example, which launched earlier this year and uses the immersive power of virtual reality, is our Get After program. In a customer pilot completed in the quarter, participants, all of whom classified as sedentary, increased weekly moderate intensity activity from a baseline of 21 minutes to more than 181 minutes by the end of the program, with 61% of respondents. Reporting having either more or much more energy than they did before get active. Our continued investments in generative AI technology, capitalizing on our Doc AI acquisition and building digital connectivity to ingest clinical data, are enhancing our offerings and improving our capabilities in creating longitudinal member records. We're able to generate personalized health insights derived from individual longitudinal and aggregated data delivering more tailored, engaging care solutions. Additionally, we were able to quickly identify health risks within customer populations and close care gaps, such as cancer screenings, medication adherence, and cardiovascular and MSK-related issues at scale, a win-win for their organizations and their members. Within one of our large employer groups, we've identified hundreds of thousands of care gaps since the beginning of the year, and we continue to improve processes to enable our clinical advocates to quickly and efficiently close the most complicated and costly care gaps. We also have a unique advantage in being able to train our AI models with proprietary content from our award-winning digital therapeutics. For example, our unwinding anxiety program has yielded a 67% reduction in anxiety corresponding to a 64% remission rate in randomized controlled trials compared to clinical care alone. This content can now be integrated and delivered through our generative AI models, to seamlessly meet people where they are in their mental health journey. CareLynx, ShareCare's home care solution, with a net promoter score of over 90, has also been a vital addition given no other advocacy provider has its own nationwide network of caregivers to offer a physical presence in the home. In fact, the convergence of our pair agnostic advocacy solution, ShareCare Plus, and CareLynx creates the opportunity to go deeper with all our members, as our highly credentialed in-home caregivers bring the advantage of physical proximity and established trust, as well as deeper knowledge about the patient's needs and the ability to recommend the programs available to them across our ecosystem. Early feedback from one of our marquee employer clients who recently implemented CareLinks for their associates identified that their efforts to ease caregiver burden are resulting in more productive and satisfied employees. At this employer, our professional caregivers have provided care to associates across a number of real world use cases, including people who require post discharge and surgical transitional care, those who need extra in-home non-clinical support, and employees who also are caregivers for a chronically ill adult. We have a growing pipeline for 2024 and 2025, and we not only assist with members' unmet functional needs in the home, which drives trust and engagement, but also identify clinical complexity and social risk factors that can help address, through our clinical advocacy services, our third-party referral programs. In the case of one of our large health plan clients that leveraged our caregivers to drive engagement in the home, they saw a 30% increase in completion of annual wellness visits and a 30% increase in completion of in-home clinical visits for risk adjustment. Capitalizing on these patient engagement capabilities and our in-home clinical expertise, we are poised to seize the opportunity to address the full set of healthcare quality metrics and standards by leveraging assets in our provider channel to create new and better risk adjustment and care gap closure models for the home care market. These new models, which we plan to roll out in 2024, stand to greatly benefit Medicare Advantage plans by providing accurate and complete code capture and increasing their quality scores while driving improved outcomes for patients through prevention, screening, better chronic disease management, and addressing social determinants of health. Speaking of our provider channel, which is now delivering health insight and data solutions, and it's coming off a great first quarter, it performed better than ever in Q2, yielding 11% revenue growth compared to Q2 2022 and setting us up to meet our core KPI target for the full year. The demand for medical records and clinical content from health plans continues to be a major driver for our growth, and our provider pipeline shows significant promise. While maintaining a focus on historically strong markets such as provider practices and specialties, we're branching out into larger strategic health systems through RFPs and proactive targeting. To date this year, we've already surpassed total RFP participation compared to all of 2022. Additionally, we're advancing our channel strategy through partnerships with several SOs and new agreements with revenue cycle management groups. The robustness of our audit business, the maturity of our new services, and the ARR closed in Q2 bolster our confidence in achieving our 2023 provider goals. Sharecare's life science channel, which is continuing to evolve to offer broader, more robust customer activation and management solutions across the healthcare industry, was approximately flat for the quarter year over year, as anticipated. While it was our slowest growing channel this quarter, it's important to note that this occurred during an industry wide decline of 27% in digital ad spending by pharmaceutical companies, according to Nielsen data. Recently, the channel launched its 2024 go to market offerings featuring four unique and high impact digital solutions for clients and expanded its reach through new collaborations to sell point-of-care inventory across lab course, on-site testing, and diagnostic facilities. As we continue to maximize the integrated assets across our channels, we are working on several new opportunities, including leveraging Life Sciences' proven activation capabilities and a 100-million-person, zero-party database to market the direct-to-consumer offerings of CareLink for non-medical support at home and a new solution that's in development, the Real Age Longevity Program. Given the momentum and efficacy around the GLP-1 drugs, the Real Age Longevity Program leverages our assets, reach, and expertise to provide a comprehensive framework for managing GLP-1 medication costs through utilization management, ensuring treatment adherence, and balancing financial efficiencies with improved health outcomes. A key component of this offering is our weight loss program, Eat Right Now, which is scientifically proven to reduce craving-related eating by 40% and take a mindfulness-based, whole-human approach to foster sustainable, positive eating habits that stick over time. Our strategic direction, unique ecosystem, which creates valuable cross-sell opportunities and proven commitment to manage costs, coupled with our strong financial performance in Q2, signal a promising future for Sharecare. We extend our gratitude to our shareholders, partners, and the dedicated share care team for their support. And at this time, I'd like to hand the call over to our CFO, Justin Ferrero, who will delve deeper into the financial details.
2: Thank you, Jeff. We reported strong second quarter results with revenue of 110.4 million, which is the high end of our guidance and represents year over year growth of 6.3% and adjusted EBITDA of 3.8 million, which exceeded the high end of our guidance. Notably, our adjusted EBITDA margin of 3.5% is a 90% improvement over the previous quarter, as well as an approximate 70% improvement over the same period last year. Our growth was driven by an increase in eligible lives on our platform and our enterprise channel, as well as an increase in records processed in the provider channel. We are on track to achieve our core year-end KPIs in both channels, which are 12.9 million eligible lives and 6.5 million records processed. As Jeff mentioned earlier, our provider channel set another quarterly revenue record in Q2. And despite ongoing market pressure, Life Sciences' Q2 revenue was approximately flat year-over-year, which was consistent with our expectations. Our financial health remained strong. We ended the second quarter with a cash balance of $144 million and approximately $200 million in available liquidity. Our commitment to efficient financial management is further evidenced by our cash flow, which showed significant improvement from the last quarter, reporting a 7.7 million burn this quarter, excluding the impact of the stock buyback, compared to 28 million burn in Q1. Our dedication to achieving cash flow break-even by the end of the year remains a core focus, and this quarter's results underpin that commitment. Regarding our previously announced stock repurchase program, to date, we have bought back 2.5 million worth of shares in the open market, leaving us with 47.5 million remaining under the current authorization. We will continue to evaluate our capital allocation strategy, but strongly believe our stock price currently does not represent the intrinsic value of our business. As we look to Q3, we expect to generate revenue within the range of 111 million to 113 million. Our adjusted EBITDA guidance for Q3 is 8 million to 10 million, which represents over a 100% increase in adjusted EBITDA over Q2 of this year. And there are several key drivers behind our expected adjusted EBITDA improvement. First, in the enterprise channel, we continue to automate several back-office functional areas that are driving improved margins. Additionally, we have non-technology related costs that have been strategically reduced without impacting customer facing operations. In our provider channel, which continues to deliver record top line results, the third quarter is historically the strongest quarter of the year as we process a large volume of Medicare Advantage risk adjustment audit related charts. Additionally, our previously discussed globalization efforts continue to progress, resulting in improved margins. In life sciences, Q3 is a historically stronger quarter relative to Q2, and our current campaign activity anticipates similar growth this year. More broadly speaking, while our business will continue to have some channel-level seasonality going forward, Q3's expected adjusted EBITDA is indicative of the emerging underlying earnings power of sharecare, driven in part by our $30 million annualized cost savings initiative, which we are on track to achieve by the end of 2023. In summary, I am pleased with our strong second quarter, expanding adjusted EBITDA margins, improved cash burn, and the strength of our balance sheet. We want to reiterate our full year revenue guidance of between 452.5 and 460 million and full year adjusted EBITDA guidance of 25 million to 30 million. Your continued support is greatly appreciated. We're now ready to take your questions. Thank you.
0: We will now begin the question and answer session. To ask a question, you may press star, then one on your telephone keypad. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing the keys. To withdraw your question, please press star, then two. At this time, we will pause momentarily to assemble our roster. And our first question comes
3: from David Larson of BTIG. Please go ahead. Hi, uh, congratulations on the good quarter. I like, um, you know, the beats in revenue and EBITDA. Um, so good quarter, congrats. Can you talk a bit about the enterprise division and growth in lives there? I think last quarter you'd mentioned, you know, signing up 275,000 lives. Those will impact 2024. Just any color there. And then you've mentioned care gap closures a couple of times. Are you generating revenue with each care gap closure, and, and are you recording those for the health plans? And how do you sort of report that back? Just any color there would be very helpful. Thank you.
2: Hey, David, It's Justin. Uh, thanks for the question, and we're excited about the quarter. On the um, – I'll take the first question on the eligible lives. The, um, that's correct. We did add over 250000 in Q1, and we talked about, you know, our excitement because we thought that we'd meet or exceed that number in Q2, and we have done that. So, had great, uh, great addition to eligible lives. We expect those to come on, you know, towards the end of the year or, or 1-1. We're working through that. Uh, with the customer now, but uh, it was a great quarter in, in adding eligible lives to the platform. And as I talked about in the script, we're tracking to achieve our core KPI this year of $12.9 million. Yes.
4: And, David, uh, regarding the care gap closure that Jeff talked about, uh, this is primarily for a commercial group where we have sold a uh, high-dollar PMPM um, which includes the overall care and disease management program. So we are not charging them on per care gap part, but uh, it is part of a total PMPM. So
3: so I think it was a little bit difficult to hear you. I think you said that the care gap closure program is part of the $5 PMPM rate and that you you track that data, you Mm -hmm. report it back to the plan. Is that part of share care plus the $5 PMPM rate? Yeah, so uh, David,
4: I I did not said five dollar, I said high dollar. It is a higher oh. dollar PNP. Yep. Yeah. But uh and, the rest that's, of the parts Right.
3: Part and the care gap closures is part of Share Care Plus or is that part of Share Care Legacy? Uh
4: it is part of Share Care Plus.
3: Okay, so, so what I'm hearing is there's good uptake in Share Care Plus. All right. And then, without getting too specific, obviously, can you maybe talk a little bit about your relationship with Enliven? I think there was a a client through Enliven that you were you were working with them. Um, they they basically transitioned to the lower cost share care product. What are the odds of them sort of coming back to the higher cost share care plus solution in 2024 or 2025? Any thoughts there?
1: Well, I think overall, um, you know, we're pleased with the Carillon partnership as we continue to integrate and sell together. Um, we've added another health plan since our go live with Carillon and, uh, and, and we do believe there is an opportunity to, uh, increase the number of services that we're offering the one customer that you're referring to. And, uh, and we're in active conversations around
3: that. Um, okay, uh, that's that's very helpful. And then, um, just can you maybe talk a little bit about the sort of EBITDA expectations? I mean, obviously, you're looking at a potentially very significant increase in EBITDA in 3Q and 4Q. Just any color or thoughts there? I mean, I always, quite frankly, get a little bit worried when we talk about offshoring jobs. Just any – what, what sort of additional detail can you provide, please? Thank you.
1: Yeah, we're incredibly pleased with the progress that we've made in our optimization efforts. And the majority of that work is already behind us uh, as we sit here in August. And, Justin, I don't know if you want to give any additional color
4: to that.
2: Yeah. So, so two things, Dave, is um, we're going to achieve, as I said in the opening remarks, the, the $30 million in savings this year. Uh, but that EBITDA expansion isn't just from uh, driving – efficiencies around cost. It's all around top line growth as well. And we've we've spoken historically about Q three being you know the largest quarter historically for our provider channel. Q four is always the, the largest quarter on the provide on on the life sciences business. And then I, I touched on it in the opening remarks that life science sequentially grows from Q2 to Q3. So it's really a combination of driving top-line growth across, you know, our channels as well as at the same time realizing the lion's share of the benefits of all that optimization work that we've done from year to date. The majority of that is going to hit our bottom line in the second half of the year. So uh, it gives us really good confidence uh, in achieving the, the, the targets for this year.
3: Um, okay, and then for for Care Links, um, is there any reason why Care Links could not be expanded into other plans beyond Medicare Advantage? It seems to me like there'd be a huge need across commercial plans, Medicaid plans, employer groups. Like, just any any yeah. thoughts on the on the growth there, please?
1: I think we're we're an active conversations across all those channels. Um, we had a good success story that I mentioned in my script with one of our large employers um, on the commercial side, u- utilizing links as an employee benefit. Um, we've expanded beyond our one large pair into our first Blues plan, and um, and we're in active conversations with MA, with Medicaid, and with health systems. Yes, okay. yeah,
4: the, the one thing I'll add, uh, David, is our hospital readmission program, very uh, well received by a lot of risk takers um, that include the ACOs and health system. So as Jeff said, I mean, the GTM that we have, the go-to-market plan for care links include all the channels that you mentioned.
3: Okay, and then just one more for me, and I'll hop back in the queue. Um, Jeff, I, I liked hearing about all of the sort of cost savings data that um, Sharecare is providing to customers. I mean, is this something that you're you can bear risk on? Are you are you driving any revenue based on the amount of cost savings you can deliver to certain health plan clients? And um, I think you had talked about a white paper that you were going to publish. Just any any additional color or thoughts there would be helpful.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we're having um, uh, increased uh, visibility with our data, with our clients, as we work with them more over time. So we're collecting lots of data, and we're driving insights from that data and sharing it with our clients, which is giving us confidence in how to price. And today we're doing that through PGs, performance guarantees, Uh, but we see us moving more towards risk measured risk um you know over time but but it's it's working you know very well kind of as we had hoped is get confidence in the data uh generate the insight uh deliver the capability and move from performance guarantees to more at-risk models and um and that's that's a constant conversation that we have with our clients as we see evolving with them over time
3: Okay, and then I'm sorry, just just one more for me. Can you comment on the competitive environment? Like, um, I mean, I'm thinking about American Well in particular. They have their Converge platform. Elevance is one of their largest customers. Um, I mean, just who are you bumping into, if anybody, in your largest customers? And it's my understanding that you power Sydney for Elevance, which I think would give you a huge sort of competitive advantage. Just any, any thoughts or color on the, on the overall market?
1: Yeah. yeah, I would say in the overall market is it, it's competitive, um, but we are well diversified. So as you know, we work with large health plans, and, and we work hard every day to drive value for Carolina and Elevance as, as one example, but other plans as well. Um, we have... Several large employer clients, as you know, and we've invested kind of heavily in sales, you know, to kind of increase our RFPs. Uh, we've invested in government and we have some good success stories there with the state of uh, Georgia and others. Um, we have health systems, which we're starting to do some really effective cross-selling in and turning health system clients into enterprise clients, uh, for their employees. Uh, we've started to add TPAs, uh, this quarter, uh, which we see as a, as a big growth area for us. And so I think the diversification of share care helps us a lot. So we can go to market with a carillon or we can go direct through our sales force or we can cross sell. And so it's given us a lot of, a lot of that bats um, that, that help us in a competitive
3: market. Okay. Congrats on the good quarter. I'll hop back in the queue. Thank you.
5: Thank you. The
0: next question comes from Eric Percher of Nephron Research. Please
5: go ahead. Thank you. Um, to start on the enterprise side, good to hear about the live additions. Could you speak a little bit about development of the marketplace and, and maybe as we think about Lives X, Carillon, you know, what are you seeing among the Blues targets for the year and uh, you know, whether it's keeping pace with expectation?
1: Well, I think on, on covered lives, it's it's, we're keeping pace with expectations. So selling through our partners uh, like Carolyn is meeting expectations. Um, our sales force delivering new logos uh, is meeting expectations. Um, a continued focus on the Blues plan, and we've added a new Blues plan this year, uh, continues to uh, be on mark. So all those things are, are progressing as planned. Um, as the marketplace goes, um, we're having success and upselling our uh, digital therapeutics to our installed base uh, and we're leading with our owned solutions uh, which give us you know higher margin and more revenue and so we're starting to see some good pull through in that area as well
4: yeah also our partnership with uh, Carelon, where we are jointly selling the market that you mentioned is tracking very well
5: mm. okay so so that seems to be an important factor. You mentioned your own offerings and you mentioned GLP-1s, which it seems to be the hot topic this earnings season. Can you give us a little bit more on what you've done there with real age and what management looks like for you beyond uh, that?
1: Well, yes, we've done a lot of work in you know the GLP-1 space since we last talked of understanding on our clients of should this be a managed service, or what's the cost if it goes unmanaged? And then what are the unique assets that ShareCare has that it could marry with a GLP medication so that you could get sustained results? And so we already have our real-age program that has been distributed to 13 million covered lives, um, and so, you know, people have their real-age program. And uh, we already have a CDC-approved uh, weight loss program in Eat Right Now that came from our Mind Sciences um, acquisition that's all based on mindfulness and how to curb cravings. Um, we have obviously ShareCare Plus and our advocates that can help with insurance companies and and so we're packaging all that together and, uh, and creating a, a B2B offering that we're going to launch in January of next year uh, to our enterprise clients.
5: Interesting. And do you partner to the life sciences part of yeah. the market here as well?
1: Well, yes, so we, we, we're we doing a lot of research right now on, you know, once we've developed a solution for B2B, which is the combination of real age, eat right now, our advocates and some incentive strategies, is uh, w- would that be a, uh, uh, an interesting life science offering as well? And as you know, we have a, a zero-party database of over 100 million people. You know, it's kind of the power of what powers our life science business, and many would uh, qualify, and, and the demand is obviously quite high, and so we're we're thinking through different um, life science offerings for uh, not only enterprise but direct to consumer.
5: Is there any historical analog that's been similar? I Kind of think back to the Pepsi products, but but quite different. Um, have you ever seen a launch that got this type of employer interest? Uh, the
1: demands off start. You know, it, it's. Um, i can't think of anything off the top of my head i mean the, the demand is is massive and so you know you've got all you got massive consumer demand you have obviously a cost issue uh then you have this is a forever drug and so you need behavior change programs with it and um so we're excited about it i mean we we have as i said we've got the real age program we have a perfect weight loss solution and eat right now we've got the infrastructure with the advocates um, and so we're just thinking through how do we package and price the offering, and how can we get to market by Q1? Yeah,
5: and I guess that my question was a little bit more of it: Have you done this before in other categories where a new product? Obviously, the opportunity is larger here, but you know, is there a good example of of having executed on this before?
2: Well, I, I mean, I would just add one: is when we when we launched advocacy, yeah, you know, we went from essentially zero lives to. Close to a million, and um, that has to be one of the larger, more successful launches. We have very happy customers in that. That's that's Dealing no easy. Yeah, right. that's not an easy task. We we weren't in that business this time last year, and we got close to a million lives on our advocacy platform today, yeah. and very happy customers.
1: Yeah, and and doing the crossover sell is like we know how to do that between enterprise and life sciences. So for example, our our eat right now. Uh, our unwinding anxiety is both B2B and B2C. And this quarter, we mm. launched CareLink. We we launched CareLynx B2B and wow. B2C. So we're using Life Sciences now to promote CareLink's, you know, uh, direct-to-consumer, similar to what we've done with Mind Sciences.
5: Great. Right. And my other question was on the Life Sciences business. And, Jeff, you've obviously seen a few cycles. I'd love to get your view on... The macro trend here and what enables you to put up a flat in a down market. And then, Justin, an understanding we're going to see a an increase in Q3. Q4 is typically that seasonally large quarter. How does is what you've seen year to date make you feel about Q4? So, I can, um,
2: I'll start with that is that we're um, number one, as I talked about, for Q3 is we're going to see growth from Q2 to Q3, and that's, you know, it's not trivial growth. So we're bullish as we sit here today. Um, At the outset of the year, you know, we were conservative in our guide, right? And so we think we factored in most of, you know, a year that we we were anticipating, you know, headwinds. Um, But, you know, there, there could be more pressure. Again, we, we talked about it a lot, but we, we don't really know until we get into the quarter. We're confident that there'll be growth in Q4 and it's just a matter of, of how much, but we know that sequentially we're going to grow into Q3 and into Q4. And, um, you know, if we, do we hit the, uh, the target exactly? I'm not sure, but we, we feel very confident in our range across our business for the year, which is why we reiterated guidance today. Gotcha. yeah, and I would gotcha. just say, and I would just say the
1: the quality of the execution of campaigns year to date has been very strong, and again, you know how we uh, differentiate is our zero party hundred million person database, so we're our you know we're pretty precise on our targeting um, but just to answer your question, I mean what gives us the confidence is the quality of our execution of campaigns to date, so we think the customers will will be there in the second half of the year for us.
5: Yeah, I hear you, and that's how you outperform the market. But oh, Jeff, what is your perspective on the overall market, and do you expect this downturn to? Do you have a view on duration?
1: Um, I'm hoping you know that 2024 is um, is stronger than what the last two years have been. Um, so, but you know, we're 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 watching it carefully, and we're you know adjusting our products and our mix. Uh, you know, to um, be able to succeed in current conditions, Um, but we're hopeful with the GLP-1s and others that, that there'll be some new opportunities.
5: Thank you, both. Thank you.
0: This concludes our question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to Mr. Jeff Arnold for any closing remarks.
1: Well, thank you. In closing, I want to reiterate that we're very pleased with our financial performance this quarter. I'd also like to take a moment to reinforce the fact that we are confident in ShareCare today and into the future and remain committed to maximizing shareholder value. We're confident in our strategic direction and our products and solutions and in our pipeline. We're confident in our team and our ability to maximize the opportunities before us, optimize efficiencies, and manage expenses responsibly. We appreciate your time and interest this morning, and thank you. Have a great day.
0: The conference has now concluded. Thank you for attending today's presentation, and you may now disconnect.